I am Carrie Brownstein. Yes, I'm. What What do you want to know? That's who. That's who I am. You are Carrie Brownstein. Welcome to the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show. Thank you, Nardwar. And Carrie, you're in Wild Flag as well. Who else is in Wild Flag? There are three other members: Rebecca Cole, Janet Weiss, and Mary Timoney. You mentioned Janet. Does Janet still have that thing where she's never eaten an orange before? I've always wondered this. She still has that thing. And by the way, it is that thing. Like, it is a thing that people know about Janet. And, you know, it's, it's kind of something to watch out for. You have to be really careful with citrus around Janet. It makes her very uncomfortable. So Janet, your drummer, has never had an orange, and she also said years ago, I remember to me, that she had never had a carbonated beverage or a beer. Does that still thing hold true? That very much still holds true. Janet is a rare creature, not unlike a unicorn. She's probably one of the few adults who's never sipped a beer before. Does anybody ever tease her with that? Have you ever seen her come close to having an orange or a carbonated beverage or a beer? Oh, I'll just say right now, you don't tease Janet Weiss. You don't, you don't tease that woman. Carrie, would you tease her about still having my jumpsuit? Does she still have my jumpsuit? <laughs> you know what? I think she does. And I should remind her that that thing better be on its way to Vancouver. What is my jumpsuit for people that don't know, Carrie? Your jumpsuit is a, uh, what is it, a car racing or mechanic suit that we wore back in the 90s when Janet and I were in Slater Kinney together. We rode around in a dune buggy. Is that correct? Yes, I think it is. And we rode around Vancouver and we borrowed some of your clothing and... Janet never gave it back to you. Now, didn't I, years later, send you via mail, via real mail, a, a Canadian sweater? Did I return that to you? Yes, it was one of the greatest gifts that I had returned ever. Thank you so much, Carrie of Wild Flag. I really appreciate that. Yes, that was totally unrelated to the actual jumpsuit. But yes, you <laughs> returned it, and you also returned the jumpsuit after wearing it. But I think Janet really loved the white jumpsuit. And people can actually check that white jumpsuit out if they just go into YouTube and type Nardwar Sleater Kinney. And then, whoop, there comes up the white jumpsuit. Yep, there it is. And it might come up to Vancouver, too. Well, we're, we're hoping. Fingers crossed. So look for it on stage this Saturday night at the Biltmore Cabaret, where Wild Flag are playing. And who are you playing with? Are you bringing some acts with you? Who's playing with you? We are bringing an act uh, by the name of Drew Grow and the Pastor's Wives, who are a local Portland band. And they've been with us for the last week and a half of this tour. So they'll be, they'll be joining us up in Vancouver. Carrie from Wild Flag, Janet from Wild Flag, I found out, worked for an ad firm. She did stuff for Nike way back when? Correct. And you worked with Starbucks. And I didn't realize Nike and Starbucks. That was like before Sleater Kinney. Like Nike and Starbucks powering Sleater Kinney? No, no, no. There you are misinformed. Uh, certainly Janet did did work for Wyden and Kennedy, which is the ad agency that does a lot of advertisements for Nike, as we pronounce it down here. Uh, I, in uh, just a couple years ago, did a brief tenure at the same ad agency and 
did a little bit of writing and brainstorming for Starbucks, who was also a client with that ad agency. That was actually after Slater Kinney had broken up. So if you'd like, Nike and Starbucks were the bookends to Slater Kinney. And you are Carrie Brownstein from Wild Flag. Now, Carrie, you're in Wild Flag. We've mentioned your bandmate, the drummer Janet from Wild Flag. But what about Rebecca and Mary? Yes, what about them? They're two fantastic musicians, two great friends. Uh, Rebecca Cole is a very accomplished uh, keyboard player. She plays key bass with one hand and she plays uh, organ synthesizer and, and other creative sounds, Moog and whatnot with her right hand. And uh, she sings. Uh, Mary Timoney, many people or some people might know from her fantastic band called Helium and uh, which was around in the nineties. And she is one of the best guitar players out there and a really great songwriter. And uh, so that's, that's the four of us in Wild Flag. But what about their jobs, Carrie? What were their <laughs> jobs? Did they have any Starbucks or Nike? Oh, I, I see what you're asking me. You know, I don't think so, but it, it, it would be worth checking out. Potentially, uh, Rebecca worked for Kentucky Fried Chicken, and maybe Mary was uh, working for uh, Brooks Brothers or... Hoover or, you know, many, many companies. For all we know, we're basically four CEOs of four major corporations coming together to make music. Indeed, Carrie, you're hinting to what I thought might actually be something of a conspiracy with Wild <laughs> Flag. And what it is, is, is Rebecca Cole related to Fred? Ah, Fred Cole of uh, Dead Moon and the Rats. And wasn't he also in Lollipop Shop? And the Weeds. Yes, indeed. Uh, well, I'm sure Rebecca would would love to claim that lineage. Um, however, that is just a coincidence. They share a last name, and that's it. However, aren't Janet and Rebecca in the Shadow Mortons a garage rock band? Yes, they are. Uh, the Shadow Mortons are a Portland-based uh, garage rock cover band, and they are known for dressing in... Uh, crazy outfits and wigs and playing the best of uh, girl group and garage rock. And uh, it's very mysterious. Rebecca Cole, Fred Cole, and Rebecca is moving to Portland. Her last name is Cole. She's in a garage ba- rock band, the shadow Morton's very conspiracy ish. It is very conspiracy ish. If one was into conspiracy theories as you are. Carrie from wild flag, have you or did you ever know if your f- parents ever met any 60s Northwest garage rockers? Like, did your dad ever see the Sonics, or did your dad ever see the Kingsmen living in the Northwest? Are you about to tell me something I don't know? Because I, I don't think so. I don't think they did. Um, my parents actually both grew up in Chicago, and so uh, if they were going to see any garage rock bands, they would be uh, Illinois Base bands. Um, by the time they were in Washington State, I would say that both of them were were listening to Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Carrie, Wild Flag went from the Green Frog Acoustic Tavern <laughs> in Bellingham to mm-hmm. Radio City Music Hall in New York City with Super Chunk and Bright Eyes in like a month. From mm-hmm. the Green Frog Acoustic Tavern in Bellingham, can you please tell the people the Green Frog versus Radio City Music Hall? Hands down, Green Frog. 
No, um, well, mostly because of the amount of peanuts on the floor. You know, Radio City, they try to clean up real nice, and it's hard to, it's hard to just ditch your peanut shells on the floor at a place like Radio City. Um, yeah, that, w- that was a strange transition for us. When we, when we started out uh, with our band last um, fall, in the fall of 2010, we, we very purposely did a series of, of small, intimate shows along the West Coast as we were just learning how to, you know, be a band and play with one another and, and figure out the band's chemistry. And then we happened uh, on, on our next tour, you know, we went and played Radio City Music Hall opening for Fridays. And that was a little bit of a jarring contrast, I will say. But uh, both are nice venues with a lot of uh, good people working there. <laughs> one of them has a nicer backstage, but I will not tell you which one. Carrie, you guys the other night, I think, covered the Misfits. Did you cover the Misfits? Did Wild Flag cover the Misfits? We did. We covered She by the Misfits. Now, I saw that you were at Comic-Con in New York City, and Mm -hmm. it made me think, hmm, comics, Danzig. Have you ever met Danzig at all? I have not. And, you know, I'm sure that, well, you probably don't feel this way because you are so uh, adept at, at meeting everyone and and making the most of it but for me I don't necessarily want to meet people that I or people whom I admire uh and uh, you know my admiration for for Glenn Danzig is is kind of a mixed bag I mean I I think the Misfits were a great band I I can't say that he's a, a personal hero of mine he's definitely somebody whose music I like but I don't know if I need or want to meet Danzig I've have you have you met him? Well, I've actually talked to him on this very phone line <laughs> probably a couple of years ago. And actually, he was on the Nerdwater Human Serviette radio show last week. I rebroadcast that interview, an oldie but a goodie with Glenn Danzig. But I've been mentioning him quite a bit lately, as I kind of mentioned over and over again. And it made me think some more, Carrie, from Wild Flag, coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, tomorrow night to the Biltmore Cabaret. Who was the closest to Danzig that you met at Comic-Con in New York? Like, not Danzig, but who was the closest to Danzig that you met at the Comic-Con in New York? Oh, that's an interesting question. You know, my time at Comic-Con was very brief. I went in, it was in the middle of a Wild Flag tour, but I went there uh, with Portlandia, which is a, a television show that I do with Fred Armisen. So it was just this very brief inter- interlude from the Wild Flag tour I didn't meet that many people. I mean, potentially Fred Armisen is the closest person to Glenn Danzig, and I don't know if he's... He's definitely never met Danzig, but Fred Armisen and I did sit outside of Glenn Danzig's house in Hollywood, and we sang misfit songs to one another. Was there a pile of rocks outside the house? <laughs> uh, there's, there are a lot of strange things outside the house, including weeds and uh, windows that look like they are... Um, kind of clouded over and a lot of overgrown plants and a large ominous fence or gate, I should say. Uh, yeah, that's the closest I've ever come to Glenn Danzig. Now, in honoring Fred, because we have to honor Fred because you mentioned Fred, will Wild Flag do any crisis of conformity covers? <laughs> we will not, but I am certainly a fan of that Fred Armisen brainchild that's like the best hardcore band around. Could you tell the people a bit about that, Carrie? Because it's like a Saturday Night Live sketch, but now it has a record coming out on like Drag City. It's a sketch turned into a record. Yes, I, I wonder if that is 
an unprecedented uh, seven inch idea, which is a band that was formed on Saturday Night Live, putting out a seven inch on an indie rock label. Um, and so Fred, who uh, is from from the music scene, was in a, a drummer in a band called Trenchmouth from Chicago, and and definitely was was very much part of the indie rock and punk rock scene in the '90s before he became known as a comedian. is a huge fan of of hardcore and punk music and loves you know bands like Husker Du and he loved Minor Threat and Black Flag and he managed in almost a coup d'etat to get a sketch onto Saturday Night Live about a band, a wedding band consisting of four old uh, hardcore um, punk rockers and they played some songs that had Dave Grohl and I think Ashton Kutcher and but when Fred then went and re-recorded the song, or actually recorded the song, and he played all the instruments and he put it out uh, as a seven inch. I believe it's already out, um, and and people should check it out. It's uh, it's it might have started as a joke, but it's a very earnest uh, homage to uh, hardcore music. What sort of covers have you been playing? Because could that be a cover that maybe Wild Flag would tackle? Sure, we're we're pretty fearless when it comes to covers. We've played. Uh, Patti Smith, Ask the Angels, Rolling Stone, uh, Beast of Burden, a uh, couple of Ramones songs, a television song, of course, the Misfits song. And yeah, we're, I, I would love to do a, a hardcore song of some kind. Do you feel carry any responsibility to the flag name, to like uphold the flag name and know about all the different type of flags that are out there? Uh. I do think that when you when you put sort of an iconic word into your band name, especially one that's been used actually fairly sparingly throughout music, but when it is used, it, it kind of has its own power and force to it. I, I do think that you you kind of have to keep that in mind. You, you can't be a wimpy band and, and put the name flag in your band. It, it, it has to have a, a certain um, urgency and forcefulness to it. I think we... We were aware of that, but it's also just, that's the kind of music we're we're going to make anyway, I think. And you're coming to Vancouver. Now, in Vancouver, Ron Reyes, the second vocalist, Chavo, of Black Flag lives here. So it's kind of got some extra flagisms here in Vancouver. Ron Reyes, Black Flag, second singer. Oh, well, there you go. Some little flag trivia for you. Yes. from Wild Flag. Have you ever met Pat Fear from White Flag? Remember, there's White Flag, too. Yeah, no, I have never met Pat Fair, have you? No, I haven't. Actually, I did meet him once backstage at Lollapalooza 1995. <laughs> he was hanging out there. He's amazing. He knows everybody, and White Flag are an incredible band, too. Played tons of gigs back then and still are going now in all different sort of incarnations and stuff. Speaking of Vancouver, did you ever see Cub from Vancouver? Because I know you love the pop punk, like the screeching weasel and stuff. And Cub were on Lookout as well as being on Mint Records. Did you ever see Cub from Vancouver? I believe I did see Cub. And I remember, uh, I think I knew more about Cub than I actually knew their music. But I do remember that they had some pretty great pop songs and uh, were definitely part of the kind of K records, you know, that sort of early 90s, you know, I, I think of them in, with Tiger Trap and Cub and this whole wave of which there have been many of, of great pop bands. And I love that you love Lightning Dust. You love Lightning Dust from Vancouver. Oh, I love Lightning Dust. I love Lightning Dust and uh, 
is it um, Black Mountain? Yes. Yes, both those bands. And I love, uh, what's the other band? Uh, Lady Hawk. Is that a band? Yes, Lady Hawk from Vancouver, but Lady Hawk not with an E because yes. it's also the female singer Lady no, no. Hawk with an E. Yeah, not with an E. It's with uh, I think there's a guy named Dusty in the band, um, but Lightning Dust uh, I really have a strong uh, affinity for. I think that uh, they've put out um, some great. I think two great records. I really loved their last album a lot, and uh, I always look forward to anything that those guys are doing. Carrie from Wild Flag, you're coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, tomorrow night, to the Biltmore, and I was curious, Vancouver, Sarah McLaughlin, will she be on the guest list for Wild Flag? <laughs> uh, it's true. I have met Sarah McLaughlin. She came down and did a very um, gracious and uh, humble appearance on Portlandia's first season, uh, playing a gardener uh, of, of me and Fred's. I don't have her contact information. Otherwise, I would gladly invite her. She's a very nice person. Well, if she's listening right now, hello, Sarah McLaughlin. Carrie from Wild Flag would like to invite you to the rock and roll concert. There you go. You said she was on Portlandia. You based her character on someone in a band who had cleaned your house? Who cleaned your house that was in a band? Now, I'm not going to talk about that. I can't. Um, it was loosely based on an experience that I had. Um, not Sarah McLaughlin's character, but Amy Mann's character. Did Sarah McLaughlin ever ask Sleater Kinney to play Lilith at all? Yes, we were asked to play Lilith. Lilith Fair. <laughs> and uh, we declined, actually. Um, it just wasn't, wasn't something that we, we wanted to do. Did she remember that? Nope. I don't think so. <laughs> What's well, great that she accepted Portlandia. Was it hard to convince her? Not at all. Uh, Sarah McLaughlin is someone who has a a great sense of humor, who's very capable and willing to make fun of herself and to have a good time. And she was a great sport. And uh, she came down um, for the day and we had a really nice time uh, working with her. Uh, It was it was wonderful. And, um, you know, it was just one of those things where myself, like a lot of people, um, you know, you start to think that you you start to assume what a person's going to be like or what their sensibility is going to be like based on what other people write about them or their music or whatnot. And, you know, she was just a very funny, down-to-earth person. And, um, yeah, we had a great time. Carrie, Wild Flag has a song called Racehorse. Mm-hmm. Now, is there any connection to the Portlandia episode where the Sherlock homies are running racing around a library? <laughs> No, not any connection at all. Because that is an amazing episode. What can you tell the people about that? Has that inspired anybody to do similar things? I don't know. Although I, um, over Halloween, uh, we received a couple photos of people um, who dressed as uh, Sherlock Holmes for Halloween, which was flattering. Um, yeah, you know, with that... We were we were kind of um, thinking about the the penchant that a lot of adults have as they sort of pine for for youth and and this sort of a nostalgic based um, games that people play, whether it's you know pub trivia or uh, kickball or and, and we were just trying to think of what what would the next thing be. So we thought of adult hide and seek. I mean, hopefully there's leagues cropping up all over the country, but I, I have not um, heard of them yet. 
Carrie from Wild Flag, I met Fred Armisen once in Spokane, Washington in 1994 when the evaporators were backing up Trenchmouth, his band. There were about four people in the audience. Uh-huh. Um, all to see Trenchmouth. Did Fred ever talk to you about those glory days of touring with Trenchmouth? He has. Fred and I are very close friends. He's one of my best friends. We, we talk a lot about about touring, and he, you know, he really lived the touring life. He he lived a touring life that actually is the life that many, many bands lead, which is a thankless and very um, trying experience of, of going across the country and playing for very few people and playing on people's floors, or sorry, sleeping on people's floors, playing for small audiences, and you do it because you're with your friends and you feel compelled to play music and you want to play it. But, you know, Trenchmouth never, never really found a a big audience. And, uh, I, I think, you know, one thing that surprised Fred that he'll talk about is when he went down to South by Southwest and did the Fred Armisen guide to South by Southwest. And he started playing that video in clubs and he said it was a huge realization for him to see that there are more people showing up, to clubs to see him play a videotape than there were of people going to Trenchmouth shows. And that's, I think, when he realized maybe there was something that he was, um, that he would rather be doing. Did Excuse 17 ever play in Spokane? How were your Spokane gigs with Slater Kenny <laughs> or Excuse 17? No, I've never played Spokane. I, you know, I grew up in Washington State, but I never, and I've driven through Spokane many times. I've never stayed there. I've never played a show there. I've merely probably stopped for gas or food there. John Collins of the Evaporators and New Pornographers actually remembers Fred from that gig that we played with Trenchmouth in Spokane. He remembers, John claims to me, and I believe John, that he remembers Fred was even joking around back then in 1994. Like he remembers him cracking jokes then in 94. Well, I guess he's just been a funny guy for a long time. I mean, I I don't know. I didn't know Fred in 94, but um, clearly the guy has an innate capacity for humor. How do you win over somebody like Lorne Michaels, Carrie? How do you win over somebody like Lorne Michaels? Like, he's the producer of Portlandia. How do you win over Lorne Michaels? By not trying to win him over, I think, is, is the best way. I mean, I have um, loads of respect for, for him, and um, I think, you know, not, not trying too hard is, is usually a, a good way of, of going about life in general. But, so, yeah. With the whole fear on Saturday Night Live thing and Ian Mackay being in the audience, did you ever get a chance to ask Lauren about that, that famous punk episode of Saturday Night Live? We have not discussed that yet. Maybe, maybe next time we hang out, I will, I will ask him about the, the famous, the infamous fear episode. Because that will be some like, real like, historical archaeology you can do, because not many people, I don't think, have asked him about that particular episode. All right, well, I'll, I'll do that for you, Nardwar. Carrie of Wild Flag, Glass Tambourine. You have a song called Glass Tambourine. Mm-hmm. Is there any allusion there to Black Tambourine, the band from D.C. on Slumberland? Oh, Pam Berry's band. Uh, I do not think so. Yeah, that is a Mary Timoney song, and those are Mary Timoney lyrics. But I, I That's can't... I was thinking, because Mary is from D.C., right? It's true. I can't say for sure, and I would never want to speak for Mary, but I, I don't think so. Because Black Tambourine were pretty cool. They were very cool. 
carry a wild flag coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada tomorrow night to the Biltmore Cabaret. Carrie, I was curious, is Kyle McLaughlin from Portlandia, who plays the mayor, is his character based on Vancouver's mayor, Gregor Robertson, who loves bikes and vegan things and juice? No, he is not. Unless unless Kyle McLaughlin did some studying up on, on your mayor, I, I believe that uh, that's very much a, a, a self-created uh, character that, that Kyle really came to embody. But, he, you know, I, I think he reminds me a little bit also of Portland's own mayor, uh, Sam Adams. Um, but I, I do like how Kyle brings an everyman quality to that mayor, a, a kind of... How did you get him? Just by asking. And, of course, it helps that, uh, you know, the first season before we had done anything... Uh, in terms of getting a guest star, you know, all we really had was the fact that, you know, Lauren Michaels was a producer that obviously is going to draw people to the show and people knew Fred or of Fred. So um, we had that, but it really was just Kyle's own sense of adventure and wanting to embrace improv, which of the show is very much improvised. And he just was ready to do something I mean, in his own words, he kind of wanted to just do something cool. He had been on network TV for a while uh, and on cable and Sex in the City. But, you know, he's he's an interesting guy. He's he's a guy that started out David Lynch films, you know, and, and Twin Peaks. And I think his sensibility really lies in, in kind of these fringe um, sensibilities. And I think he wanted to get back to doing something that was a little more interesting and absurd and so he he was really on board and, and we were very grateful because he he definitely took a risk he shot the um the pilot with us and you know he he had no idea but he was he was definitely game did you know that vancouver is trying to be like portland with food carts i did not know that we're modeling our city's food carts after portland's food carts thank you portlandia thank you portland well, you're welcome carry of wealth flag where are the chickens from Who's chickens? Where are the chickens from? They're from, well, they're from farms, Nardwar, hopefully. The farm <laughs> run by the three gorgeous guys. Yeah, they're from, they're from the, uh, the, the farm in, um, let's see, what is it called? The weather? No. And you've Do, been to that farm, too. I have been to that farm. What is that farm called, Nardwar? Um, with Noel... He's one of the farmers. Yeah, we, we filmed an episode out on this farm. Um, it's not, I want to say Weather Underground, but that's not what it is. It's like that, though. And um, the name is like that. And it's these three very handsome uh, urban farmers that live in Portland that uh, run a very bucolic, very um, eco-friendly uh, farm and uh, right outside the city. And they have chickens and rabbits and goats, and they have a have a pretty great life out there. Oh, wealth, wealth underground, I think is what it's called. Would they sell it to restaurants and places like Fire on the Mountain, where you can buy wings? Have you heard of Fire on the Mountain from Portland? I have heard of it. Uh, I don't know. Winding up here, Carrie of Wild Flag, coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, tomorrow night to the Biltmore Cabaret. Heather Graham was in one of the last episodes of Portlandia. Heather Graham, did she talk at all about Boogie Nights? Not Drugstore Cowboy, but about Boogie Nights. She didn't. 
Do you do you imagine in your mind that Heather Graham's just going around talking about boogie nights all the time? I do. I like to think of like the things that other people were involved with that maybe they didn't think they'd be involved with. Like for instance, next year you're having Amber Tamblin. Mm-hmm. Now, her great uncle or uncle was in the Standells, Dirty Water. I did not know that. That's so, cool. So if I was on set, I would like to ask her, did you ask her about the Standells at all? How is Amber Tamblin, who's going to be on Portlandia coming up? Any little sneak peek at all, Carrie, of Wild Flag? Well, I can tell you that she's very funny, very nice, and very, very smart. And she does come from a, an interesting family. I didn't know about her uncle, but um, her father, I believe, was a poet and... Uh, was part of the the music and art scene and a kind of avant-garde film scene in uh, in LA and yeah I she plays uh, someone in the feminist bookstore. What about Diane Lane from Ladies and Gentlemen of Fabulous Stains? Could you get her to be on Portlandia? Then you could ask her all about Ladies and Gentlemen of Fabulous Stains. You know what? Just to ask her about Ladies and Gentlemen of Fabulous Stains, I'm going to ask her to be on Portlandia. I don't even want her to be on the show. I just want to be in the same room with her so that I can ask her about that film. And maybe Laura Dern. Maybe we can get both of them. That would be amazing to get both of them because wasn't Laura Dern in it as well? Indeed, yes. And maybe you and Fred could uh, recreate the whole Stains band yourself. Yes, skunks. Carrie of Wild Flag, I heard that the Keep Portland Weird movement has pissed off some of the landlords and businesses in Portland because they say that, quote, the weird don't earn and that they don't spend. Have you heard anything about that? Like the Keep Portland Weird movement pissing off landlords? No, that's, that seems like something that's just been drum, drummed up to create controversy or a conversation about nothing. I, I mean, also, I don't really think that Keep Portland Weird personally is, a, is anything other than a, a slogan that, that someone driving a, a Subaru or a Volvo wagon likes to stamp on their car to remind people that they used to listen to punk rock or, you know, they, they had a bass guitar in high school. I mean, you know, just about everyone has a Keep Portland Weird sticker on their car. In fact, it's so common now that there there are stickers that say "Keep Portland Weirder," just to differentiate between the weirdos and the weirdest. Carrie Brownstein of Wild Flag and Portlandia. What other TV series were based in Portland? Like I noticed, Hello Larry, a spinoff from Different Strokes, was based <laughs> in Portland. Wow, I did not know that. I think oh, isn't there a current show? It's called, like, Life As We Know It, or I don't know. There's some show that supposedly takes place in Portland that isn't filmed here. And then we have some shows that are filmed here, like Leverage, which is a TNT show. That show is Portland for Boston, which is kind of strange. And then there's a current, a brand-new show on NBC uh, called Grimm that takes place in Portland. Were people worried at all that Portlandia would be, like, the singles of Portland? Huh. I don't know. Maybe. I'm sure somebody somewhere thought that. Were you in the movie Singles at all? <laughs> I was too young, but I, I loved that movie. You know, here's the thing. that For everyone that gets worried about how their city is going to be portrayed on TV, and by the way, Portlandia and Portland are two different entities. The, you know, Portlandia does, never claims to be Portland. And Portland doesn't have to claim to be Portlandia. We, we can exist very separately. But I remember when singles came out, there is, there's sort of a mixture of fear and, and pride, you know, because Seattle is a similar city. It's not a city that's depicted too often on screen. It's, it's kind of exciting to see 
to see yourself up there, you know, see your city. I've, I've watched singles in the last couple of years and it holds up pretty well. For Portland music, what do you think the differences are between the Portland that produced Poison Idea back in the 80s and the Portland of today? Huh, well, I think Portland's just, it's just a nicer city now. You know, I think it has, you know, I Poison Idea, I think of of that band, I think of, you know, when, when Portland was a city of of flop houses and, and junkies and was kind of the kind of had a seedier quality. You know, you, th- you think of those early Gus Van Sant films like Drugstore Cowboy or My Own Private Idaho, and, and there was definitely a grittiness to, to Portland that in many ways I think has, has dissipated um, as it's become gentrified and, and fancier. And, and so, you know, now we have music that... I think reflects some of those comforts a little bit. I mean, you still have the a gloomy underbelly to a lot of our the bands here. I think, you know, because of the weather, the grayness, just like you guys have in Vancouver. But, you know, there is a quality of life here that attracts people to this city. People leave bigger cities where they work longer hours to come here and make less money, but work less and, and have more time to create. So there's, a, so there's some prettier music coming out of Portland right now. Carrie Brownson of Wild Flag, have you ever met any of the Poison Idea guys? Or have you ever met Roz from Theater of Sheep? Remember Roz, Theater of Sheep, Courtney Love's old boyfriend? I, I don't remember him, but no, I have, not, I have not met any of those people you just mentioned. have a listener question for you from Daniel. And Daniel asks you, Carrie, did you try to option Batty Batterson and Mitty Mitchell with any major television network studios? I think the baseball kids could be a real runaway hit. <laughs> well. And what is he alluding to in case people don't know? Uh, in an episode of Portlandia, uh, the mayor, as played by Kyle McLaughlin, asks Fred and I to put together a Portland baseball team, which the mayor decides to call the Portland Thinkers. Uh, Fred and I, who in, in, in Portlandia, know nothing about baseball, although I will say in real life I know a fair bit. <clears throat> um, we audition, instead of having tryouts, we audition the baseball players as if it were a, a play or a movie, and we end up with a team... And then the mayor decides, actually, what if it's just a cartoon? So he and I have a very um, fruitful brainstorm. And um, I come up with uh, some characters, uh, Mitty Mitchell and uh, Batty Batterson. And uh, it's, it's just a cartoon, basically, that we, um, we decide to have instead of a real baseball team. And at the end of the episode, there's a little animation bit uh, with a mitt and a, a bat and a grumpire, which is a grumpy umpire. And, uh, yeah, we'll look for that uh, Saturday mornings uh, or on the Cartoon Network uh, starting in 2013. Because it's so awesome. It really could be expanded. It really could be expanded. Well, maybe if you step on as producer in Ardwar, uh, we can get somewhere. Carrie, what happened to Billy Karen of Bikini Kill? Wow. Uh, you know what? We should find out. Let's find out. I would love to know. If anybody can find out, it's Carrie of Wild Flag in Portlandia, Billy Karen of Bikini Kill, or what happened to the guys in the punk hardcore band, your favorites, Positive Greed? Haha, <laughs> Positive Greed. You know what? Let's go sleuthing. Let's go sleuthing. No, I do know Billy, Billy Karen is, is, 
is fine and he's he's well and living in, in Olympia, Washington. I don't know about the positive greed guys. Wait, was Lenny in positive greed? I'm not sure. I just saw some videos of him. Positive greed looked like some great hardcore about 91 in Seattle. You yeah. You to some of their gigs? I did, yes, in high school. Yeah, you know what? I think let's uh, let's put put on our uh, Sherlock Holmes uniforms and um, go looking for these guys. And lastly, Carrie from Wild Flag, why don't Americans like taxes? Warren Buffett says they're okay. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, um, Americans don't like to part with their money. So it doesn't matter. Uh, it's hard to um, it's hard to look at the big picture in Ardwar. We, we want to keep our money uh, right here at home. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all, Carrie, from Wild Flag, Portlandia? Anything else? Um, I think I'm good. You, this is one of the most thorough interviews I've ever done, which is why I like talking to you. Well, thanks so much. Really appreciate the support, Carrie. Keep on rocking in the free world and do do loot do. Do do. Hey, <laughs> 